0: Welcome, one and all, to Revolutionary Spirituality, Episode 6. In this episode, we will be discussing Chakras, Subtle Energy, and Mutual Aid. Now during the last episode, I put a musical interlude between the introduction and the actual episode. Since I haven't really gotten any feedback on that, I will keep on doing that for this episode so there will be a small musical interlude right after this now if a majority of you hates this doesn't want to hear me sing doesn't want to hear me play guitar uh, please make that known so that I can adjust accordingly until such time I will keep on playing music (laughs) and um, yeah So enjoy the music that's about to come and the episode right after it. So unlike last time, this song doesn't really have a connection to the episode at hand. I did that last time, but since I already know how to play Knocking on Heaven's Door and since I likely won't be revisiting the topic of death anytime soon, I figured that this was a good idea, even if it doesn't quite fit thematically anyhow (laughs) let us get into the actual episode starting by talking about chakras now what are chakras chakras are these spinning energy vortexes or centers that run along our spine their job is to transform and transmute subtle energy in and around our bodies and they are thusly associated with both physical and spiritual attributes. Furthermore, they are each associated with a color in accordance with their vibration frequency. Although it needs to be said that the colors aren't really consistent throughout various interpretations, so take the whole vibration frequency thing with a grain of salt. Now chakras have various uses in myriad practices and mythologies, but mainly they're used for healing and to gauge your spiritual development. Since the healing issue is highly highly contentious and I would personally urge you to go to a medically trained professional for any actual health issues you have. We will leave that aside for now and focus on the more spiritual aspects of the chakras. Now, Before we move on to a more detailed explanation of the individual chakras and what they do, it should first be noted that the 7 chakra system that I am about to present, although based on Hindu thought, is a version popularized in the early 1900s and even within hinduism there can be anywhere from three to multiple dozens of chakras there is no standard system here like there is no standardized idea of how many chakras are the right number of chakras and depending on the circumstances and on your personal uh, development any one of these systems might be useful for this episode however we will keep our focus on the seven chakra system for reasons of simplicity and recognition but definitely do keep in mind that this is only one version and it's a version that was arbitrarily arbitrarily made the default version in the early 1900s and it's and it just stuck with people the seven chakra version just stuck with people i don't know why exactly but that's the way it is Um, chakras and other associated subtle energy systems are present in countless spiritual traditions they exist from south america through europe all the way to the east Um, they exist in Jewish Kabbalah as Sephiroths, in Teutonic legend as the nine home worlds and as Pukinos in Incan traditions. These whirling vortexes are everywhere and they have been ascribed some form of spiritual significance and relation to material and spiritual healing and development throughout time and space. They can also be found within the Kabbalistic Tree of Life and the intersecting nodes, the, 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 the points within this Tree of Life can and are sometimes interpreted as secondary chakras. Which is beside the point, but is still an interesting tidbit in my opinion. <laughs> um, chakras, much like meditative practice, are... A seemingly universal concept in spiritual traditions and thus they are worthy of our consideration on our paths to enlightenment M- like much like all forms of meditation can be found in some iteration in most spiritual traditions so can chakras and if we take meditation as seriously as we do, in part because it can be found everywhere, I posit that we should do the same with chakras. Now a final idea worth exploring before we get into the discussion of the actual chakras is the idea of the subtle energy that permeates them. This energy has many names depending on the spiritual school of thought that we're talking about. It's called Qi in traditional Chinese medicine, it's called Qi in Japan, Prana in East Indian spirituality, and Kundalini with an asterisk in Hinduism. Now you may have heard of the phrase kundalini awakening, which is basically the point at which this subtle energy flows freely throughout your chakras and your body, allowing you to unlock your full spiritual potential, i.e. enlightenment. This energy, cosmic and divine in origin, surrounds us constantly, much like air and it influences our spiritual state of being as well as our auras and our vibrations. Through spiritual practice we can harness some of that energy to strengthen ourselves or to attain insight, with some practitioners even suggesting almost superhero-esque powers. Now this is not something I can attest to from personal experience, but the concept of chakras and subtle energy is definitely helpful for spiritual development and for locating and removing potential roadblocks on the path to enlightenment now a quick note on kundalini because i put an s because i put an asterisk there when i first talked about it kundalini isn't exactly subtle energy it's more a mixture of prana which we talked about which is the subtle energy and shakti which is more of like the divine influence of the cosmic source so kundalini is to one extent subtle energy but there's some other stuff mixed in there so i just wanted to bring that to y'all's attention but for our purposes and for purposes of simplicity if i say kundalini or if i say subtle energy i'm talking about the same concept in this episode but just keep in mind that you know hindu practitioners and scholars will add another dimension to the idea of kundalini and kundalini awakening Now, with all that prelude out of the way, what will follow now is a, well, brief explanation of the most commonly used seven chakras um, using the more well-known and, I'll be honest, easier-to-pronounced, westernized terminology instead of the original Sanskrit. I will try and avoid major discrepancies, so I will try not to list things that aren't present in both the sanskrit hindu version of chakras and the more new agey western um idea of chakras but i can't do that with 100 percent accuracy since i haven't read, read all of the original sanskrit because i can't read sanskrit so I'm i'm relying on secondary sources here and yeah I will do my best to make this as universally applicable as possible, but that is, of course, not something that I can do entirely. So please cut me some slack. If you have heard these things explained differently, feel free to let me know. Or if I've made some gross error, of course, eh, tell me, but just as an aside (laughs) now i will be going through each chakra i will quickly explain the spiritual attributes and associated color then once i'm done with that i will highlight some interesting tidbits in regards to chakras generally and their role in spiritual development now starting from the bottom up the first chakra is called the root chakra it is associated with a red color which is due to its low vibration frequency allegedly, and the instinct of survival. It is located near the base of your spine and it is connected to reproductive organs as well as the hips, the legs and the feet. The second chakra is called the sacral chakra. This one is associated with the color orange and human sexuality or emotion sources vary. It is located between your groin and navel region and it is connected to the intestines and ovaries. The third chakra is called the solar plexus chakra. You can guess where it's located and it's associated with the color yellow and power and dominance. Um, Its physical connection is to the digestive system. The fourth chakra is the heart chakra and it is obviously located around the heart and associated with love. Its color is green and it is connected to the circulatory, respiratory and skeletal systems within your body. The 5th chakra is the throat chakra. Again, the location should be obvious and it is associated with the color blue and communication and physically connected to the throat area and surrounding organs. The 6th chakra is the third eye, the third eye chakra. It is associated with the color indigo and perception and intuition. Located in between the brows, it is connected to vision, hearing and the brain itself. The seventh and for our purposes final chakra is the crown chakra. Located at the very top of your head, it is associated with the color purple and all things spiritual and divine. Connected to the brain, skin and hair. Its main tether isn't physical but linked with your higher self. Now it needs repeating, or saying, that the aforementioned connections to various organs is more or less hypothetical, like I've read some books by Hindu scholars who vehemently reject the very notion of attaching any physicality to the chakras. Now as I have hinted at before, we will keep focusing mainly on the spiritual aspect of chakras, but I figured that while giving this overview I should at least mention the physical connections. just so that you've heard of it, again I'm not making any claims that the actual physical healing associated with each chakra is something that... Uh, that is actually true or working in the way that many new age practitioners claim it is but i think you should still know about it now spiritually speaking on the other hand chakras are absolutely amazing and can be of great use they allow us to look at the issues that we have both within our spiritual path and our psyche and to find out the spiritual causes and solutions to these issues. Now, if, for example, you seem to get totally overwhelmed every time you try entering these deep meditative states, this may be your third eye chakra being way too far open in comparison to the rest of your chakra system, which then causes an overload. Or alternatively, if your first and/or second chakra are too clogged up, you may be unable to experience the amount of empathy that you otherwise would, hindering your spiritual progress and potentially even damaging your psychological health. Now, this is um, this is super interesting in my view because this can allow us once you've understood what each chakra is connected to spiritually and then you start noticing that in a certain area you're struggling within your spiritual development you will know where this come this comes from, and this will give you the option to meditate on a specific chakra or to use other techniques to open it up. Like for example, wearing the color associated with a chakra for a prolonged period of time can help activate it, and all of these things. So, so in my mind, this is a super super interesting tool. Um, but anyhow, I digress. Um, similar to Maslow's pyramid of needs. Um, the chakras build on one another and influence each other too. Now, the first three chakras, survival, sexuality and power, need to be mastered and need to be aligned and everything before your spirit can start accessing and working with the higher ones. Just like you need your physiological needs met before you can start worrying about sex or self-expression. It also needs to be said that although a single higher chakra can already be unclogged and swirling freely, chakras are interdependent and if one is blocked or weak, it will affect the adjacent ones and eventually block up your entire system this is why it is so important especially once you start reaching the third eye and crown and spend most of your time in astral planes not to neglect your physical body and the associated lower chakras your body is a conduit for divinity and as any yogi and spiritual teacher will confirm it is important to have a healthy conduit if you want permanent spiritual changes and insights enlightenment isn't just mental which is why specifically in hinduism but in other traditions as well it is highly encouraged and i would even go so far to say necessary to pick up even indispensable to pick up a physical exercise or practice alongside your meditative or devotional practices These physical components can be anything from traditional yoga to modern dance as long as it moves your body and enriches your soul. Once your chakras are finally aligned and unclogged, you can through meditation and visualization command the subtle energy we talked about earlier to rise through your body all the way up to your crown and, much like your blood, start circling through your body. This will be accompanied with a great spiritual awakening and insight, and it can transform your entire outlook on life and spirituality. As I mentioned previously, this is called a Kundalini awakening, and it allows your body and mind to host and use an incredible cosmic and divine power even if you're not interested in that or you don't believe in any of that the chakra system is as I mentioned earlier a great way to assess your progress on your spiritual path as it gives you a framework to see in which areas you still struggle and to recognize what is actually holding you back on your path to enlightenment Finally, after all this being said and you now hopefully having a better understanding of the chakras, I want to talk about the way in which they work and how that pertains to socio-political ideology now since the sixties many within the new age and spiritual movement have falsely and dangerously been perpetuating what Ram Das once called the myth of individualism it's this idea of personal independence because and it makes sense that people have been perpetuating this because in developing spiritually We first need to work on ourselves and spiritual development encourages this self-improvement which wrongly makes us assume that we are these independent renegades when we're really not. We're always part of a community and dare I say it, a society. Make your jokes. Like Lennon said, you cannot live in society and not be a part of society. Much like the chakras are interdependent and one cannot properly function without the other, so are humans intertwined throughout time and space and if we don't realize the importance of helping one another and acting and thinking more collectively we will end up destroying not only the planet but our interpersonal and spiritual relationships as well. The neoliberal stigma around collectivism has seeped into the fabric of modern spirituality, and if we don't combat it, it will devolve this potentially life saving and beautiful thing into a smorgasbord of scams and lies. Even now, You have so many assholes who are looking to take advantage of people looking for answers. Charlatans and swindlers, ideologues and conspiracy theorists. And it's sad and so many people are falling for it. So please, as a a personal plea to anyone listening, do your homework before you start blindly following the words of someone you know, recently I, I started reading a book on chakras and it, it was pretty good. And then I came to a section where the author talked about some of his own opinions and he started comparing political correctness to Maoism and said that this new dreary communism turns us all into mediocre, uh, into a mediocre collective, uh, negating the individual, which, you know, is nonsense and also betrays the inherent bias of that offer and no matter how good the information is no matter how how perfectly trained someone is in a certain field if they have these strong political biases or these strong philosophical ideas that they want to impart on others this will influence the way in which they present the information and it can taint your spiritual development and set you back by a lot. So do your homework, please. Now, as a community of souls, continuing with the episode, we are spiritually duty-bound to uplift all of humankind and that cannot be done if we see ourselves as a mere amalgamation of individuals uplifting humanity is a lofty goal of course and it's one that might seem insurmountable at first glance for this reason I will now get into the basics of mutual aid and how to get started with helping people in your immediate surroundings in your adjacent community right away now mutual aid is a leftist principle and it is most commonly observed when disasters strike but it also exists on a day-to-day basis with groups like squalors with communes and with like autonomous spaces the basic idea is that if someone needs something the community will help provide it And if then the community needs something, the individual will help the community and so on and so forth. Now this can of course take many forms, but for our purposes, I will just present a couple of concepts here. First anything related to food, food drives, dumpster diving, those kind of things. The basic idea is you get you gather some people and you collect one way or the other food and you redistribute it to the homeless, to the needy, to families in precarious situations or uh, take, a, take a page out of the Black Panthers book. They organize daily breakfast for, for hungry children every day in the 60s. So these, these are the kind of things you can do around food and which will materially help the people around you secondly there's shopping for the elderly which during corona is a fairly standard thing anyway but mutual aid can really be as simple as this just go to your elderly neighbors and ask if they need someone to shop for them and especially during this pandemic I'm sure you'll get a lot of responses and uh, yeah that way you will have helped someone and I'm sure that next time if you need something you can ring their doorbells and ask them and they will be glad to help you because they will remember you helping them. Um, thirdly, medical supplies and disaster relief. Now especially in poorer areas, federal and state governments will often react poorly and way too late. Which is why collecting medical supplies and things like blankets during a disaster, hurricane, earthquake, whatever. And redistributing these things based on need can really help save a lot of lives. And of course, this includes first aid kits and those, those kind of things. Like, gather everything you can if disaster is about to strike and make sure that people know that you have a lot of these things and that you're giving it away to people who need it. Fourthly, uh, housing. Now you can either provide housing through squats or communal living systems or you can organize defense forces to stop evictions and provide legal aid to those affected by imminent homelessness. Again, these people will be super grateful. It will um it will strengthen your communal bonds and it's just really a great thing to do. And also fuck landlords. <coughs> Technology, the fifth point. Now, many activists, especially overseas, are operating under tyrannical and despotic regimes, and are thus in dire need of strong and free cybersecurity measures. Now, this is not something that will apply to most people, but I just want to quickly shout out RiseUp, which is a... Great example of this. They provide free and secure email service and VPNs, and it's amazing. And if you can do anything like that, I really urge you to do it because people need it, people really need it, and Tor isn't as safe as it used to be. Sixth point, financial, <clears throat> which is you know the final point, first off, and it's fairly simple. Just create neighborhood or community mutual funds that can be used whenever someone is in a pinch. I.e. needs some vital repairs, money for medicine, legal assistance, whatever. You know, this can be be a fund that people pay into monthly or one-time donations or whatever. But if if you are already uh, talking to your neighbors and helping your neighbors and you get along with them... Having a mutual fund for everybody really is a great, great way to ensure that people can get the repairs that they need, can get the medicine that they need, can get the legal assistance that they need, can get the, I don't know, 50 bucks missing for their rent payment that they need, whatever, there's countless examples where this can be really helpful and neighborhood or community mutual funds really are an amazing way to make sure of that now these are just some text tactics of course these six that i mentioned and you can come up with others but the fundamental idea of voluntary reciprocal exchange of resources and services for mutual benefit is not only a great organizational tool but i believe it's also spiritually significant as giving back to others selflessness and communal bonding not only activate a bunch of your chakras but also gives you good karma and generally brings you closer to true enlightenment. Now that's going to be it for this episode Um, I hope you enjoyed I hope it was informative And uh, understandable (laughs) Uh, Please let me know What you thought of the music In the beginning If you want me to keep doing that Or if you want that removed Or if you want to put it at the end Or in the middle of the episode Or whatever Just let me know Um, Now if you are not listening to this On my website What are you doing? go to my website it's awesome it's amazing <laughs> no but in all seriousness i would love it if you were to check it out it's the spiritual anti-capitalist that's the spiritual anti-capitalist all lowercase all one word dot Now on there you can find all of my social media links, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and I would love it if you were to follow me on any one of those, and you can also find three ways to support the show financially, which are Kofi, Paypal, and Patreon. If on Patreon you pledge a certain amount of money per month, you will get perks such as amas bonus episode alternate episodes early access to episodes access to scripts community meditation sessions my snapchat and much more so if you are so inclined i would be super grateful if you were to support me on there um but yeah that's going to be it for me i really do apologize for the delay in this episode i'll try to get back on schedule next week and uh, yeah Have a blessed day, and I will see you all around. Bye-bye.